Our scripture passage this morning is out of Genesis chapter 12. We're going to go into chapter 13 as well, but we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through chapter 13, verse 4. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they'll let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's and when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into the palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake, and Abraham acquired sheep and cattle, male servants and female servants, male and female donkeys and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I would look on her, take her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything that he had. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything that he had, and Lot went with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. And from the Negev, he went from, the place, from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Stay focused. Last week we talked about Abram going to the promised land, how he started this journey with his dad, Terah. Do you remember talking about that? Started with this journey, started, and his dad was going to Canaan, what we know is the promised land. Well, they came along this city, Haran, and they stopped there. Same name as a son that Terah had lost. And so we talked a little bit about Sometimes memories, things that are painful, can stop us in our tracks. And that's what happened with Tara. Understandably, the pain that would be there, but to stop your motion and where you're heading, not so much. So what happened was, God came to Abram, and He said... I want you to leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. Now, if you think about it, it can be like, wow, you know, God's just telling Abram, he's just going to take him to this land. I'll show you when you get there, Abraham, just start going. But see, Abraham had a little bit of an idea of where he was going. 
You know why? His father was going there. Interesting, isn't it? So Abraham had an idea of where he was going, and he went. And he did. He left his father's household, he left the country, he left the land, and he went. And he got to Canaan. This is a little bit more of what we talked about last week. But he got to Canaan, and he went there, and when he got to Canaan, he built an altar to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But then he decided he's going to look around the land a little bit. Remember we talked about that? When we get on vacation, you go someplace, you get to a house that maybe you've never rented before, or a place that you've never been before, and you want to see everything. So you're going to just going to kind of drop everything on the counter and just go look. Because I want to see this place. I want to see this place where we're going to spend our time. This place that I've been given. And Abraham had that same excitement. And he went through all of the promised land. And he went from place to place. And he built altars thanking the Lord. Thank you for giving me this place. Now one of the altars he built, he looked across the way and he saw the Canaanites. And he's like, hold on, this is supposed to be my promised land. What are you doing here? God's like, never mind, built an altar, keep moving. And he did just that. So Abraham finally gets to the place where God had called him, and he set him apart in this promised land. And what happened? Verse 10. That's right. Now there was a famine in the land. God, you have got to be kidding me. You said this was my promised land. What's a famine doing here? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a point where you know you have stepped into what you're supposed to do. It could be a job. It could be a place to go on vacation. It could be a number of different things. But you get there and all of a sudden something goes south. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing this. The house we bought last year. Bought a house, wonderful, this is great. All of a sudden, tree roots into the septic system. Man, the whole front yard needs to get dug up. Are you kidding me? I thought, God, I thought you said that this was... Hey, promised land doesn't mean perfect land. It just doesn't. As a matter of fact, it's those things that we have been obedient to follow in what God has called us to do that He is going to allow a trial or two To build us. So it's not you've made the wrong decision. The question is, God, you've brought me here. I trust you. How do you want to handle this? You have placed me here. Just because something goes wrong, does that mean that God was a liar? No. Promised doesn't always mean perfect. And that's what Abraham faced. So he is now in the promised land. And he could look around and he could go, you know what, I gave up everything. I left my father's household. I left his land. And now I'm here in this promised land. God, I went through and I built all these altars professing that you're the one that brought me here. And now there's a famine. Not just a famine. The Bible said it was a severe famine. So what does he do? Oh, got to go. So he walks out of what he's been promised. 
because it was hard? Don't you find it interesting that in this, there again, this is in the beginning of the Bible, and, and we haven't gotten to all the other stories. But isn't it interesting from our perspective that Abraham, who was promised a land, God goes and he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. And Abraham gets to his land, and because there's a famine, there's nothing to eat, he leaves. Now, we're sitting back and we think of all the Bible stories where, you know, now I'm just saying, I, I, I think God could supply some food, couldn't you? Don't, don't you think that God could supply some food? Abraham hadn't gotten that far in his journey with the Lord yet. Did he have an opportunity to stop and not go to Egypt, but say, Lord, I believe you've brought me here not to starve, you gave me all these promises about making my name great. You've painted a picture on how you see me. I'm going to stay in this promised land and trust you. Was that an option for Abram? Yes, it was. And that's where history, we can look back on these and go, you know what? If he would have stayed in the promised land, God would have provided But he didn't. Now, oftentimes, we, we can look at this story and we can go, you know what, this is, <laughs> this is me right here. I'm the dude running to Egypt. Right? And I'm saying, I'm, I, I'm just, I don't think I'm the only one. Oftentimes, we've been called into places and we turn and leave because we don't allow faith to be an option when that's what God is calling to build in us. But Abram goes to Egypt and it gets a little bit worse, doesn't it? Because Abraham decides, well, you know what? To save my own skin, I'm not going to trust God, but I've got this plan. And Sarah, here's what we're going to do. Have we been there? I've made my plans to make whatever situation I'm in work for my good. And so they did that. So they lie. Pharaoh takes Sarai as his wife. Abraham is well taken care of. Well, then what's wrong with that, Ian? Because it's a step further away from where God had promised. God in His faithfulness, when Abraham stepped out of the promised land, still protected him. To the point where disease went into Pharaoh and, his, and the Pharaoh's family. So much so that Pharaoh recognized something's not right here and something needs to be fixed. Now Abraham was not knocking on Pharaoh's door going, I'm so sorry for what I did, let me explain. Pharaoh went to Abram and said, look, what's going on? 
why didn't you tell me this is your wife? Take her and go. And as a matter of fact, take everything else with you. Just get out of here. He didn't kill him, which is what Abram's original fear was, wasn't it? So God moved even in that. So God's faithfulness towards His chosen, even when His chosen may take a step off of the path, doesn't stop. You may have grown up thinking that if you do something wrong, God is simply walking around heaven with as many anvils as He can carry just to drop it on your head. Okay, you know, Ian did something wrong, great, get him. Boom! Phil, get him. Hit him with two. Yeah, you know, this guy, he's done the same thing over and over. You know, but that's not how God sees us, and that's not His perspective. His perspective is, is that He's given us promises. He has set us up to become what He created us to be. Each one of us has that portrait that we've talked about. We have that purpose. And you know what? God is just as interested in protecting you and your purpose and your function and your portrait than you are. Even when we step off course, God is there to bring us back. Did you catch that? It's not about God condemning us. Those anvils come from the enemy. Those are condemnation. And there is no, the Bible tells us there's no condemnation in Christ. But when we have a calling, which we all do, when you have a purpose, which we all do, there is a promised land that God is taking you to. It may be as vague as the day is long right now. You may get this. I'm going to take you to a land I'll show you. What? Is that all I've got? Church, let me tell you, that's not all you have. That is a promise that God is going to take you someplace and He is going to lead you and He wants to do that. Will you trust Him to take you? Don't devise your own plan. Let Him take you. One of the things about Psalm 27 that we read this morning, and, and I've talked about this before, Psalm 27 and, and what David shares there is, is so powerful. But there's a verse in there, and it's, it's verse 13. I believe I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. Amidst all that David was facing, he knew what God had called him to be. He knew that God had called him. But he believed that he would see, listen to this, the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. That is a promise you can grab a hold of. Now, I'm not saying that all of a sudden it's going to be fairy dust and rainbows. By no means. But you will see the hand, listen, the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. That's saying that you will see God move in your life for fulfilling His purpose and promise in your life. That's what Abraham was learning. 
You see, we read about Abraham, we talk about Abraham, and we think he's this amazing man of God. Every one of us starts somewhere. So we get a glimpse into the early times of Abraham's journey. He walked away from a promise that God gave him. And after all of that happened in Egypt, Pharaoh sent him away. Chapter 13. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev. Guess what was the last place that he built an altar to God? The Negev. It's okay to get back to where you were. God will open up doors to get back to where you were. That's why we have the promises out of Isaiah that God makes crooked paths straight. Crooked paths. I'm guilty. I've got crooked paths. I've also have crooked paths that have been made straight. And so when those things happen and I allow God to do those things in my life, then that builds my faith, that builds my trust. Because I go back to the promises that God's given me, just like He gave Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. This is one of my favorites. And you will be a blessing. And you will be a blessing to others. As we take this journey and look at staying focused, there's things that we need to remember. Always remember whose you are. Always remember whose you are. Remember how He sees you. And remember where He's taking you. It doesn't have to be something specific. God's taking me to a promised land. Is there anything wrong with believing that? No. It may be specific. There may be things that God is wanting to tell you that He's going to take you to do. But if the only thing that you may have right now is a promised land, that God's going to take me to a promised land, church, believe it. Because you will see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. So Abraham gets back to the Negev with his wife and everything that he had. Lot went with him. And Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and gold and silver. What we'll understand is later on, Abraham's going to need that. But here's something that's interesting, and this is a spiritual principle. When God calls you into something, to do something for Him, all the wealth of the world is available for you. There's a financial spiritual principle that God uses, and it's called transference of wealth. He will take things from the darkness and put it in the hands of those He has called to do His work. Do you know why? Because the, earth, the Lord owns the earth and everything in it. So here's Abraham stepped away from the promised land, goes down to Egypt, and he becomes rich because he was what? Well taken care of because of the beauty of his wife. 
But it got to the point so much that Pharaoh was tired of it, so he says, get out of here, take everything with you. Could have Pharaoh killed him? Absolutely. Could he have held, withheld all of the, the wealth that he had amassed in Egypt? Absolutely. But he didn't. That's God. That's transferring wealth because it's that wealth that helped get things started in the promised land for the children of Israel. Amazing, isn't it? That in all of it, God sees and knows and He will take everything into account to follow what He's called you to do. From the Negev, Abraham went to the place, went from place to place until he came to Bethel. The place between Bethel and Ai, where he had been, and I love this word, earlier. Going back to where he started. I've been here before. I need to get back to that place. We can look at our own lives, even if it's the things that we have learned to um, learned about the Lord, our own personal study, um, our position in our relationship with Christ, that, you know what, man, I used to be really close to the Lord. I need to get back there. You know what, so did Abraham. It's okay. If your heart's going, man, you need to get back there. I need to get back there. I need to read my Bible more. I need to do it. Get back there. Just go. Because when you're thinking in your heart about, man, I need to get back to a better relationship with the Lord. I need to get into a deeper. All that is is an invitation from the Most High to say, come on. Come on. Let's get back. I've been with you. I've protected you. I've kept you. But now I need you back. Come on. Let's come back. And just, so just do it. Just go. Abraham did. He went back where he had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He called on the name of the Lord when he was put back in his place. It's interesting, we did not read that sentence called upon the name of the Lord at the first part of verse 10 where it said, now there was a famine in the land. The Bible does not say there was a famine in the land and Abram called upon the name of the Lord. There was a famine in the land and Abram hightailed it to Egypt. That's what the Bible says. There's a point when we go through situations like this and circumstances that puts us in a position of humility. And in that humility, often we will seek to make things right or we will call upon the name of the Lord because we've got our bearings back. And that's what happened with Abram. Abram was taken to a promised land. Trouble hit. And instead of having triumphant faith in that trouble, he ran. Through a crazy turn of events, God brought him back. And he went back willingly. And he got to the place where he had been earlier. And he built an altar. 
and he called upon the name of the Lord. From that point, we see the promised land come into being. Abram's promised land. As each one of us have our own promised land, that multiplies into our church having its promised land because what happens individually will come together corporately. And then our church has our promised land. The key is that in that, when it gets tough, don't run. Call upon the name of the Lord. He's not surprised by the famines. He's not surprised by the difficulties. Call upon the name of the Lord. Build your altar. Drive your stake in the ground. Make a commitment that you're not leaving your promised land. And let God shape you, develop you, and create in you everything that He originally designed. In the midst of all that's transpiring in our country, I've been asked a lot of questions. What I'm sharing with you is what I come to every time. Stay focused on what God has designed you to be and do. Stay focused on what God has designed you to be and do. It's the same principle that Jesus shared with his disciples when he left this earth. The world was in an upheaval. The world was in an upheaval. And what did Jesus tell his disciples to do? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize. Our world is in an upheaval. Stay focused on what God has created and designed you to do. That is what he will ask you about when you meet him face to face. There's a promised land that God is taking us to. One that's flowing with milk and honey and rainbows and confetti streamers. Maybe, maybe not. The question is, amidst it all, will you be found faithful? Faithful in doing and being what He has called you and designed you to be. When I say stay focused, that's what I'm talking about. To stay focused on our callings and our purposes. And caring for one another. It is no easy task. Egypt might look pretty good right now. Stay focused. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. The love, God, that you have for us. The passion that you have for us. And the desire that you have to see us fulfill what you've called us into. Father, we may not know exactly what that is. But God, this is an opportunity for us to stretch our faith to stretch our trust, and to believe that you have our best interests at heart. Things may look dark and bleak, but Father, I pray that our vision is not focused on those things, but on those things that are higher. 
where you're taking us. And Father, thank you for blessing us with such an opportunity to put you on display to a world around us. Father, by staying focused on your heart, asking your, your blessing upon us and, and what we are engaged in, Father, I thank you for answering our call. Father, for hearing our cries, for giving us direction, and for blessing us. Father, allow us to see those blessings, to hold them close, to use them as encouragement and reminders to stay on course. And Father, allow us to be focused on what you would have us to be doing. Father, we love you and we do worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.